What's going on? What's going on? Jay Sutton, I am back with another episode of the Destroying Doubt Podcast. And look, I know that the beat has changed. (laughs) It's a different beat, but the mission is still the same. We're still here providing information and inspiration for whoever may need it. Not just the entrepreneur, not just the veteran, whoever may need it. We are here providing that for you. And today I'm very excited because my guest is someone that has had a huge impact on my life. And that is um, Christian rapper Bizzle. He's one of the top Christian rappers in the game today. He hails from Compton, California. He's uh, based out of Houston, Texas now. You know, he just released his new album, Lightwork. And I highly suggest you check it out. Great album, like always. But on this show, we talk about his journey to becoming one of the top rappers in his genre, in his in his field. And he just has an amazing story, an amazing testimony. He's an amazing person, amazing individual. And I just can't wait for you to hear this. We talk about everything, man. We talk about everything from him growing up in Compton to pimping. Yeah, that's right. Pimping. We, We talked about pimping on the show to, you know, one of the top producers in the game offering to and actually doing it, actually producing his album for free. Like, that's crazy. Just thinking about it to him, you know, donating his entire album proceeds to provide water for a village in Africa. And we also talk about his take on how to attack doubt spiritually as it pertains to your purpose spiritually how to attack self-doubt so it's just an amazing show with an amazing person that like i said before has had a huge impact on my life and i had the opportunity to meet him last year in houston and i asked him would he be on the show and he said yes and here we are so here it is my conversation with bizzle check it out biz what's going on man i'm blessed man how about you Doing good, doing good, doing good. I can't complain. Look, before we start, before we get into everything, I, I got to start here. I got to go ahead and get this out of the way and let you know. Uh, for for whoever may have anything like positive to say about me or have seen growth in my life or seen me change over the years, you know what I'm saying? I got to put it out there that it would not be that way without God, without me accepting God into my life. And, and with that, I had to be introduced to God. And, you know, shots out to my mom, my family back home, my friends, the OGs, the big homies, my sister, every my sisters, uh, excuse me, everybody that planted those seeds in me. But I got to a point that though, though the, that, that message couldn't really penetrate me anymore. It became a little redundant and I start. Yeah. Yeah. And so I needed somebody to speak the language that I was that I was living that could translate that to me. 
And my my relationship with God, I feel like I wouldn't have that relationship that I had with God if I wasn't introduced to your music because you were able to to speak to me. And um, I started, I, you know, I was still ignorant. I, I started having the change in my life, started seeing things differently. And so I was still on World Star Hip Hop. <laughs> I don't even know if that's still out there. Is it, is it still out there? Yeah, I think they still popping, but I don't think they that they, they that hot right now. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I was on World Star Hip Hop, and I, I came across the Jay Z joint, and you know, it it shocked me because you were saying some things in the song that I was feeling that a lot of people weren't talking about, and so mm. that song led me to listen to your mixtape that was out at the time. And forgive me if I'm if I'm wrong. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, The Messenger 2. Yeah. Well, The Messenger, depending on which joint you heard, uh, it might, if it's the Truth Music record, then that was on The Messenger 2. What? The Messenger 2 was is the one... The oh, go ahead. Or was it on The Messenger 3? I don't know, man. I was knocking them out. <laughs> I was knocking them joints off back to back. It was one of them. What, yeah, well, the Messenger 2 was the one I heard. And the first song that I heard, like outside of the Jay-Z joint, that, that I heard was the Beamer Benz of Bentley joint. And, uh, okay. man, you got on the joint. My, what do you say? My name is Bizzle. I can spit it with the best of them. No, 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 no. Hold on. Let me not mess you up. I know I can't rap, y'all. Hold up. <laughs> Hold up. Hold up, y'all. What, what did he say? Uh... They call me Bizzle. I can spit it with the best of them. I'm a rider for the father and his S-O-N. Did it for the love of God. No checks, no checks, no ends. Still blessed. No diamonds on my neck. No gems. Yo. <laughs> Yo. You probably remember more of that. <laughs> <laughs> that was back in the day. Like, that was a long time ago. That That's, that's kind of crazy. I still remember that. But, yo, I heard that joint. What'd you say? I said, praise God, man. It's dope. It's dope. You know, you don't always hear. You don't always hear how, you know, the, the introduction, man, you know, the introduction to your music. And it's just, it's just dope how, to hear how how God was able to use my music in your life specifically, man. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And and, and I heard that joint. And I was so impressed. And I listened to that whole Messenger 2 uh, mixtape. And. It, you know, I've been rocking with you ever since, man. And I try to introduce you to anybody. Like, what you know, what do you listen to? I'm like, yo, Bizzle. And they're like, man, who is that? And I'm like, it's a Christian rapper. And, you know, oftentimes you get the eye, the eye rolls. And other times, you know, people are receptive to it. And, you know, like I said, I try to, that, that mixtape led me to your albums and all your work. And, you know, had a huge impact on my life. And I just wanted to thank you on the show um, to your face and to my audience and just tell you thank you for just putting that out there in the world, man, and, and, and allowing yourself to be used. To be the glory, man. I definitely thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So today, man, I want to get into your album that is set to release tonight, right? Yeah, Midnight. Midnight, which is technically the morning, but we ain't going to get too technical on the show today. Uh <laughs> May 11th. Let's make it easy. May 11th. <laughs> May 11th. There you go. There you go. There you go. And, you know, I'm pretty excited about it. And we're going to get into all of that. But 
I did want to, you know, I, I feel like I've come to know you over the years through following you and following your music, but I would like the fans to get to know you as well. And uh, yeah, so I would like for you to introduce, you know what I'm saying, yourself and everything that you've been through that led you to this point to being one of the top Christian rappers in the game today. And so, you know, to start that off, you grew up in, in Cali, right? Yes, sir. Born and raised in L.A. L.A., okay. Um, what, so, like, right outside of Compton? Yeah, well, my pop stayed in Compton. My mom stayed in Cuddy, so I was back and forth. Okay, okay. So, I mean, tell us about that, your experiences growing up in Compton, because I, I ain't even never been to Cali. So all I know about Compton and that whole area is through TV, music, and, and, and movies. So tell tell us about growing up in that area. Um, Of course, you know, it, it's, it's the hood. You know what I'm saying? And you come to find out that the hood is the hood everywhere you go. Um, The only difference really was in Compton, it was majority black. And in Cuddahay, it was majority Mexican. Um, but you know what I'm saying? You you gotta pretty much grow up. You either you either fall into a gang or you try to avoid gang banging altogether. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you got you got all of those obstacles, the the hustles and all of that. Man, it's just it's just a lot of obstacles you gotta. Uh, kind of navigate through coming up um a lot of which when i got older i kind of dabbled in you know what i'm saying like there's one thing is there's always you have easy access to to a lot of things you know what i'm saying so like and and really though some of my connects a lot of it wasn't even from compton or the hood <laughs> it was from the birds but um you know what i'm saying like I tried. My pops was a hustler, so, you know what I'm saying? I tried, uh, I feel like, almost every hustle in the book from, you know, check fraud, counterfeit money, freaking uh, (laughs) selling weed pills, like, mad different stuff trying to get to the money. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, The whole time I'm rapping, too. Um... And then the last, the last hustle, you know, that I was messing with was prostitution. And, um, that's where, you know, when the Lord snatched me out of that, like he snatched me out of the world completely. Um, and one of the last straws was, you know, uh, I fell into this, like the money was low and then, you know, the devil started throwing that through that little get rich quick scheme. And because of my circumstances, I took it. You know what I'm saying? Um, talking about prostitution, right? Talking about, yeah, pimping. Oh, okay. pimping, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm moving around, getting money. And, you know, one day the girl was like, yo, can you take me to pick up my brother for practice? I'm like, cool. I don't know what kind of practice he's talking about. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking he plays sports or something. So... We pull up, and it's at a church. You know what I'm saying? And and apparently he's uh, I think he played the drums for the church. So that's the practice he was at. So I sit there, and then I come to find out, like, yo, this is her family's church, and her father is the pastor. Um, 
And, like, I had always had a knowledge of God, right? My grandmother was, like, for real, for real, follower of Christ. Um, you know, I always went to church here, and I was forced to go, but I went. But I always had some type of belief in God. And even before the, the, the pimping, I started, you know, going to Bible studies and stuff like that. And then I started chasing that money. I stopped going. And this situation, like, I'm looking up like, yo, I'm back in the church, but now I'm back in church in opposition to God. Like, this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, how did I, how did I end up here, man? And that that right there was the beginning of me kind of unraveling and being able to see what I had become while still allowing myself to feel like I was good. Mm. Um, and the, the Lord started showing me how how filthy I was, how how much I didn't have it together, how much I needed him. You know what I'm saying? He broke me down, man, and um, I, I just submitted my life to him. Like, I, I, I was... I tried everything else. You know what I'm saying? Like, how could I not try this? You know what I'm saying? How could I not try God? But I'll try selling weed. I'll try selling pills. I'll try pimping, but I won't try the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, um... I, I, I turned his way and, and been walking, walking him down ever since. I ain't turned back. Hey, well, amen to that. And you know, we're we're all thankful for it. Um, I, you know, you dropped a lot on us right there. I did want to take it back a little bit because you know, first of all, that's a crazy story. The 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 female that you were pimping, her father was the pastor of the church. Yeah. That that's crazy. That that if that don't make you change, I don't know what will. You you ain't got a heart at that point. If that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, no, no. Listen, listen though. I didn't initially. I said that. Listen, that was the beginning. I part of what made me change is the fact that that wasn't enough to make me change. Mm. Like realize, like yo, because the money was good and quick and easy. You know what I'm saying? So, where that should have made me be like, oh, snap, I need to stop. It was like, man, I should probably stop, but nah, let's get this money. And I kept going. And it was the fact that I was like, yo, what am I doing? Like, yo, if that wasn't enough, like, bro, I'm not too far from hell. I can't be. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, that was almost like the fact that that wasn't enough is what <laughs> broke me down. And showed me like where I really was because I I felt like I was a good person, and part of that was due to the fact that I felt like I was better than the people I was closer to good than the people that was around me all the time. You know what I'm saying? But when I stopped comparing myself to them and started comparing myself to Christ, I was able to see myself for what I truly was and how much I needed Him. Most definitely, most definitely, and you know the whole. The whole pimping thing is crazy. I, I don't have a whole a, a, a lot of knowledge about it, and I'm not gonna ask for a pimp tutorial on the show. Uh, <laughs> I don't want my my listeners thinking that I'm trying to uh, get in the game this late in my uh, in my life. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean that has always intrigued me. But yeah, that's that's crazy. But uh, you said during that time, and you said you started to change. And you mentioned that you were rapping. So 
what like when did you start rapping what sparked your rapping career and you know obviously i i know i'm pretty sure that the fans can piece this together that you didn't start off as a christian rapper you didn't you weren't even a christian yet so of course you didn't start there so you were a secular rapper so explain that whole situation to us you know so um i've been rapping i started writing when i was eight i was rapping before that um, I was mad young, you know, my, my uncle used to rap, um, my older cousin used to rap, but mainly like my uncle, I'd be in there with him while he was writing and I'd be freestyling while he freestyling over the beat. I'd be trying to jump in and I'd be writing while he's writing. And, um, eventually when I hit middle school, you know, on some weeknights, it was school nights, so I couldn't go all the time, but. My mom's would let me go, let him take me to the uh, underground hip hop club out there in LA, the spot called Project Blow, and I would go up there, and he would he would perform, and I see cats battle, and all that. So, um, I was introduced very early. My first time recording, I was like 14 years old, um, and then you know from there, I just was going in like i recorded mad mixtapes um got a couple had a couple deals on the table one out here in houston for like fifteen thousand, and then i was like nah i'm about to go back to i'm about to go back to la and get a hundred thousand <laughs> you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. and that's what i set out to do i went back to la i got an offer for fifty thousand, and i was like no nah, i'm about to i'm, I'm almost to my hundred <laughs> you know what i'm saying Mm-hmm. Um, and man, it was about that time after that second deal, uh, was put on the table, uh, through Black Round Universal that the Lord has started working on me. And once he snatched me, once he's like snatched me out of the world and pretty much like changed my heart, then there was a, the conflict of, okay, what do I do now with all this music? So I've been, you know, recording for three years. I had a a partner, you know what I'm saying, a business partner who put a lot of money behind this stuff, but I'm not the guy on that CD no more. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, So I went through my phases of, yo, I I remember having a show out in Beverly Hills and um, I'm performing and bleeping out the curse words while I'm performing and I only perform the female joints. I didn't perform none of the violent joints. You know what I'm saying? Like I went through that little phase of trying to figure out what I could keep and still do it. And then eventually I had to just scrap the whole thing. And I scrapped, I kind of scrapped rapping as a whole and went through that phase of God, is this, if this not, what do you want me to do? If you want me to do it, show me. If not, I'll give it up for you. You know what I'm saying? And it was kind of like my Isaac, um, my Abraham and Isaac moment where, you know what I'm saying? It was looking like I was going to have to sacrifice it, but then I didn't end up having to. And he allowed me to use it for his glory. So, so you, you know, you decided to make that switch. Like you said, you took a break, you took some time off to talk to God and you felt like you were led to, to jump all the way in. Correct. Yeah. 
And so when you jumped all the way in, I'm pretty sure you had to have like some feelings of doubt, like that you would never be able to to eat off of eat off of that genre of music, like Christian rap or doing it for the Lord, because, you know, it, it wasn't that popular at the time. I know it well, correct me if I'm wrong. Was it like that popping at the time? Nah, okay. I didn't like. I I had heard of the truth from TBN, but this is after I got saved. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I had heard of gospel gangsters before because I was from LA, and I remember that they had like advertisements on like bus stop benches and stuff like that. So I remember the name. I never heard the music. Um, somebody let me hear. Uh, Lecrae one time, but I, I'm still thinking all of this is after I got saved, though. Mm-hmm. Um, not before, so I wasn't. I really didn't see any money in it, and yeah, I had that conversation. Um, before I even did it, like the homie told me, you know what I'm saying? Like it ain't no money in that, yada yada yada. So I pretty much made up my mind that. If I do it for God, like one one of my prayers, well, I remember praying to God, like, yo, if if I'm gonna do this for you, like, I don't know how I'm, I don't know how I'm gonna do it because it takes money for promotion, it takes money to record, it takes, you know, I don't know how I'm gonna do it. So I just started writing, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, I can write for free, <laughs> and you know what I'm saying. It, it just stuff just started coming together piece by piece. And so it, it explain uh, to us that, you know, coming together piece by piece, because I know one story that, you know, was really empowering to me was hearing about the whole Boy Wonder situation. And for those of you who don't know who Boy Wonder is, and you can elaborate on it more because, you know, you're more you have more in-depth knowledge of the music industry. Um, but Boy Wonder is a you know a big producer that has produced for a lot of big artists um including drake and uh give me somebody else man i know he produced for drake who else he Um, produced rihanna um uh kendrick lamar j cole he produced for almost pretty much everybody rick ross everyone yeah Everybody, and so he he, you know, what I'm saying he definitely demands that bag. His resume <laughs> demands that bag. And when I heard that, you know, he had offered to do your album for free, I was like, "Yo, that is ridiculous." And so that was so powerful to me. But I recently learned that it came during a tough time. So can you explain that whole situation to us? Break it down for us. Yeah. So you know, I got the little. Uh, the inbox. Matter of fact, mom's the guy me the inbox joint, the Pro Tools joint for Christmas, and the mic. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, bet. You know what I'm saying? So I got the computer at the house now. I don't have no money for production or mixing or nothing. So I start getting other people's beats and spitting on them. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's what the that's why the mixtapes. That's why I came with uh, the mixtapes because I have money for beats. Um, so I started going in on, on those, uh, engineer, uh, reached out to me from a dude named Mr. Biggs from, uh, he actually was from Brooklyn. 
he reached out to me and was like, yo, man, I want to mix and master all your stuff for free. I'm like, bet. So that's how, that's actually how y'all got the mixtapes. Cause dude was mixing them for me. Um, then, you know, I got some, not only did, did Boy Wonder reach out, like, yo, man, I want to produce your album for free. You know what I'm saying? Like, which is crazy. Um, you know, my, my dudes out here in Houston, uh, Beans and Cornbread, just cats I happened to go to high school with that happened to be producing for, like, all the dudes out here, Slim Thug, Paul Wall, Zero, all the cats out here that's popping. So they were shooting me free beats, too. You know what I'm saying? All, like, all the beats, people were shooting me free beats. Like, it was crazy. So that's how, you know, that came to be. Even that first, that message, that message delivery video, somebody reached out and shot that for free. So that's how Wow. it was pretty much just God providing everything, man. Um, that, that was one of the confirmations that to keep going. Wow. Wow. And I, I remember that message delivered video. That was, that was crazy. And <laughs> that's top level production for free. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's that's crazy yeah man so uh so boy wonder did he ended up doing most of the album what was it the tough love and parables album um no it was the good fight album oh it was the good fight album yeah so on the on the on the tough love and parables album he did forgive me with me and gene and then he did the majority of the good fight album Oh, so that's what, uh, like the did and and Mr. Range Rover and uh, my confession, like we did all them joints. Wow, that that's crazy. That's cra- I was thinking it was the Tough Love and Parables, and it was the good the good fight is actually one of my uh, one of my favorite albums of yours, and yeah, that, that's that's pretty impressive. Um, so so at this point, were you? Were you making money? Because I remember you said a few times in your song, and I can't remember exactly which one it was, but you were responding to the fans, and you said, it ain't for the money, dummy. I still work a nine-to-five just like you, or <laughs> something like that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I heard you say that a few times so, in your song. So, yeah, yeah, explain that to us. So when, when uh, Tough Love and Parables dropped, I was still working nine-to-five. Um... It dropped in June. I think I was working in a nine to five until August. Um, and then it became to where like I was performing like every weekend and coming back and working every week. Like I I couldn't do it no more. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you know, and the Lord the Lord gave me peace about quitting because before I didn't have no peace. So even though. I got that first check. I still couldn't quit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason you hear it on the second album, too, is because I wrote that before I put out the first album. So mm. a lot of the records, um, you know, Dear Hip Hop, Mr. Range Rover, like a lot of the joints, they wanted to produce and a lot of those records on the good fight was written when I, uh, around the time of, of, um, tough love and parables. I just didn't put them on there. 
Mm. So by the second album, you hear that, you still hear me say I'm working, I'm working nine to five. But by that actual second album, I'm not. It's just that I wrote it when I was working on the first album. Mm-hmm. Was that scary at first when you, you know, what I'm saying when you, you after you got the confirmation to quit your job and you quit. Well, how how was that? Was it scary? Like, were you fully confident? Like, yeah. how was it? It no, nah, it wasn't really scary because my wife still was working and had a good job. And then I got to the point where I was making more. I was making more of music and and shirts than my job was paying me. So I would leave. I would leave on my lunch break to and go to the post office and mail off shirts. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then come back. And it's like, but the and the job was it was treating me foul at the time you know what i'm saying they, tell us about it tell us about they, it <laughs> they're getting mad because i'm like after the kids go to sleep you know what i'm saying because i'm working as a resident at a residential treatment facility with kids after they go to sleep you know staff be watching tv and doing all kind of you know what i'm saying chilling i'm reading my bible they mad because they see me on the camera reading my bible mm. um and, and people were complaining and you know what i'm saying um, so it's like, by this time, I'm only not, the only reason I haven't left is because in the past, I always left jobs for music and it never was the right time. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not leaving until God give me peace about leaving until he tell me I can leave. So I, I was it wasn't, it wasn't financial at that point. It was just me being obedient to God. And not leaving my job just because I got my the, the first little music check, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Wow, man, I that that's crazy. They, you know, what I'm saying they they hating on you because you because you were uh, reading the Bible. You said everybody else was in there kicking back, chilling, right? Yeah, like it was it was it was, it was crazy. But God, God already showed me though. He has showed me like. Months earlier, like when I dropped the Messenger Three mixtape, um, my uh, my my CPR license lapsed, so I wasn't able to work. Right, mm-hmm. and they scheduled my CPR class far, so that I wasn't able to work for over a month, which you know financially was not going to be cool. Um, and God, but God showed me that he took care, that he would take care of me because as I get, as I get, you know, pulled off the schedule and I'm like, man, you know what I'm saying? I don't have no income. I dropped the messenger three and I do donations to, uh, to get it like a week early or mm-hmm. something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Donations of any amount. And those donations between the donations and the shirts that month ended up being more than what I would have made in like four months at the job. Mm -hmm. So so me seeing God take care of me in that moment, because I didn't know what to expect. I was just like, let me see the donations of any amount. People giving... One penny, people giving a dollar, five dollar, ten dollar. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I didn't I didn't know that 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 I would be okay, and God showed me that I would. So later on, when He gave me peace with leaving the job, I already know that if He if He stayed through it, I ain't got nothing to worry about. Absolutely, man, and 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 it's crazy how you hear that situation, that similar story, so many times where. God to shake things up in individual lives to get them out of that out of that comfort zone, and you know, mm-hmm. I went through something similar in the military, where I joined late. I joined the military, you know, older, and I I went through what I went through, and you know, what I'm saying I, I I personally felt like I had to get out, but I didn't want to. I'm like, I already left. You know, my family threw this big party for me going away. You know what I'm saying? I, we made all this yeah. sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? We moved all the way to Florida. Like I, I, I can't do this. And like, like you said, he, he just showed me that you know everything will be okay, and everything has been okay. And what's so powerful about that is, if we would have stayed in that comfort zone, we wouldn't be doing this show together right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, you yeah. would, you wouldn't have impacted all the lives that you have. You wouldn't have done all the great things that you've done if you would have, you know what I'm saying, stayed there or if I would have stayed in my situation. So that's why I do this podcast, man, to to help drive that message home to people that get out of your comfort zone. When you hear God speaking to you, when you hear that voice, you know what I'm saying, like, listen, take heed to it. And I know it's scary. Like, it's doubt. Like, you're going to have a lot of doubt, but there's something bigger and better on the other side. So. Amen. Absolutely, man. Um and and before we move on, I did want to ask: Are you still in contact with Boy Wonder? Yeah, we don't talk a whole lot, but we text back and forth every now and then. Look, you you, you need to tell him like, look, man, you know, you as your ties every month, just throw me a beat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just for your ties, just throw me a beat. Yo, he be, he be with it. I just man, my my pay, I, my might need to work in the area of patience. Yeah. Like I'm used to because I'm the CEO, a god over money. Like I work on, my, I, I'm never waiting on anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm never like I go, and when I get in that mode, like my work ethic is, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it, it get crazy. So it'd be like, yo, send me something, and then you'd be like, for sure, I got you. But then by the time I get them, I don't got the album done. Yep. <laughs> yep. See, that's how that's how that's how I be. And you know what I'm saying? He be mad busy too, so I'll be forgetting to to hit him up and remind him and stuff like that. But like yeah, we still good though for sure. That's what it is. And speaking of your work ethic and your consistency, you've put out an album every year since you started, right? Um nah, except for last year. Okay, um, I, yeah. You, is it six albums? But it's been it's been different. Like, so 2011, you got an album. You got you got my, a Bizzle album, mm-hmm. which is Tough Love and Parables. Next year, 2012, you got the Best of Both Worlds album with, with me and P. Dub, Willie Moore Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, then 2013 is the Good Fight, another Bizzle album. 2014 was uh well wishes which is like my a fundraiser album you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. then it was 2015 surrender 2016 uh crowns and crosses 
So in between them first ones, it was like not real, real albums. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And yes, I'm gonna drop something though. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You were consistent. You were dropping something. Yeah, but last last year was the first one I skipped though. Cause I I, I got man, I was trying to get my artist stuff together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and and we're gonna get into the artist too. Um, but I did want to ask you with all of those albums, all those different bodies of work. One of those that stick out to me is the one that you just mentioned, the the fundraiser, the the Well Wishes album, and yeah, that album. I think you you said you donated a hundred percent of the proceeds to to instill wells so that they can have drinking water and and you know water for various things and was it Mozambique Africa? Yes, sir. So man, like that wherever you're at, like that deserves a round of applause. Like that is crazy. That's next level. But explain to us what inspired you to do that project. What inspired you to to provide water for people over in Africa and what impact after the album came out and you, and you did that with the proceeds or whatever, what impact did you have in the country? Yeah. So, um, I knew I wanted to get, like God had put it on my heart to do something with a project, you know what I'm saying? And, um, I just didn't know what it was going to be. Uh, but I wanted to give hundred percent of the profits away to something. And, when I I was reading and I, I prayed, I asked God to, you know, show me what he wanted me to do one day. And um, I opened the Bible and I come to, I believe it was Jacob uh, meeting Rachel at the well. And that's when he dropped it on me, like, oh, wells, okay, water, what do you want me to do? Like, who, who do I go through? And then I told my, my bro LaVos here, and he was like, yeah, that's what, you know, uh, Christine Gard, which was uh, a representative from the from uh, couldyou.org, which is the foundation um, that I worked with. Mm-hmm. He was like, yo, that's what she does. The one I've been telling you about, that's what she does. I'm like, that, that's God, it's confirmation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then she happened to tell me about this small uh, Gumbani village where she says like the one you can't build you can't dig wells there because the water was salty right and 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 bad like so you can't you can't just dig wells there which is why and so which made it more expensive which is why a lot of people would pass on the project mm-hmm. um because you can go somewhere else and build a well for way cheaper um so this this village kept getting skipped over, and you know uh, Christine Guard, when she told me about it, she was like, "I understand if you want to, you know, um, jump on another project, and I'll help you with that." And I was like, "No, nah, we already told them that that's what we're doing." As far as she already told the village, and they were excited. I'm like, "No, nah, ain't no way I'm finna." move just because I can build more wells over here. Like, this is the people that we're going to help. So uh, we ended up doing water towers. So there's five water towers in the village. And, you know, so it's like each of them is set up with like three faucets. And I don't know if you saw pictures. I posted it, but um, it's pretty dope, man. And, you know, we were able to donate 45000 to get those done. And um, man, 
<laughs> Glory to God, man. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> that that is crazy. Uh so are they still benefiting from that project today? Yes, sir. Oh wow. Uh, I mean, is there do you have further plans? like in the future to do more projects like that or would it be something different from water this time like what what's your plans for the future over in africa um i don't know i'm i'm you know kind of just trying to stay open to whatever lord miami do mm -hmm. um there's some things locally that i want to start working on visions that he gave me um a while ago that i haven't been able to do so and I'm also launching my own uh, nonprofit so that we can, cause you know, where I, I did it, I did it through God over money. Um, but then there's a whole tax end of that that you get hit over the head with. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's like people were buying the album, so it's making it look like I'm making this money, but then I'm giving it all away. So I'm like, okay, next time I need to have a nonprofit so I don't get hit over the head by the tax man. Uh, Uncle Sam ain't cut you no slack for that? Man, not enough. God. <laughs> Dang. Sam, uh, hey, Uncle Sam was straight gangsta out here. He OG, bro. He don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Straight stick-up kid. But, uh, yeah, man, That, like I said, that's an amazing feat that you accomplished over there man shouts out to you for that and that that's just absolutely incredible um i i want to ask you you know make another transition for those of you who haven't heard you know what i'm saying bizzle i have he he's very transparent you're very transparent in your music like you put it all out there and and, and you know what i'm saying you share as you grow and i know that uh, what song was it? My Confessions, you know, you shared, you know, different experiences that you had with porn addiction. And from the outside, the song from the outside, you shared, you know, some insecurities that you had. And so my question to to you is, when you share these things, is it like a double-edged sword for you being so transparent? Like, you, you got people like me that respect it and know that I go through certain things myself. You know what I'm saying? And can respect that and take something from it. But I, I'm pretty sure, well, I'm, I'm not pretty sure, but you know what I'm saying? I want to ask you, is it a double-edged sword? Do you also get hate from others like calling you a fake Christian or a phony Christian because you do, because you did uh, have these experiences? Um, nah, I, I, I don't really get hate on those types of records like that. Um, I, I always feel like something bad is gonna happen. Like yeah. when I when I put out my confession, like I'm thinking like my rapper is about to be over, but I know for sure God told me I had to put it out, so I'm just getting ready. Mm -hmm. And then it didn't happen. Like people, it was you know, touched so many people. Man, people were um, being blessed by it tremendously. So I'm like, oh wow. You know what I'm saying? And then from the outside, um, same thing. It's like, ah, Lord, do I got to keep on putting my business out here? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I pray before I write, you know what I'm saying? So th this is what he's giving me, you know, to to put my business out there like that. And I, 
I know though that it's gonna help people because I can't be the only one. So then it becomes a thing of, okay, well, didn't I tell God to use me? Yes, I asked God to use me. Okay, so now am I limiting him to using me in a way that makes me look cool only? Mm-hmm. Or a way that doesn't make me look so cool, but he still gets glory. You know what I'm saying? So I got to make sure that when I write, I'm not trying to protect myself at the cost of God not being able to. Now he's not able to use this testimony because I'm trying to hide it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I mean... I, I don't know, you know, like I said, that's why I said I didn't know because I felt like, you know what I'm saying, you always have, it, you know, if you're, for those of us that, you know, are Christians or, you know, know about it, you know that when you do have certain struggles and you put it out there, sometimes you get feedback like, oh my God, I never done that. I never would do that. Like, you're a monster. Like, get away from me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. So I didn't know if that was what you had experienced, but, you know, that's I'm glad that people were able to actually take something from it and, and help benefit their lives. Um, so I, you know, I also want to ask you, do you feel like the, the label of Christian rapper? Cause let me just, let me just say this. I feel like you are one of the most underrated rappers out there, period. And that's not in any specific drama. When people ask me like, yo, Jay, who's your favorite rappers? Who's your top five? I say Bizzle. And they're like, no, no, no. I'm talking about um, like the J. Coles and, you know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Bizzle's my favorite. <laughs> he's my favorite rapper. And he he's in that conversation, like regardless of the genre. And I feel like you're underrated. And I also feel like you're underrated in the Christian rap community. You know, everybody knows about, you know, the, the, the Lecrae's and whoever else it may be. Um, but I just feel like you're underrated. Do you feel that the label of Christian rapper keeps you underrated or, you know what I'm saying? Cause when I, when I say, like I said, when I say that, like, yo, who's your favorite rapper? And I say, Bizzle. And they're like, who's that? He's a Christian rapper. You know what I'm saying? You get the eye rolls or whatever. Do you feel like that keeps you underrated or do you care at all? Um, I feel like it does keep me underrated, but I'm not, I don't really care. Um, I feel like, people automatically are going to put you in a box, but I also feel like I can wrap my way out that box. So, I mean, I'm, I, I kind of just, I've kind of just taken the challenge, like, okay, I'm going to tell you you'll do Christian rap in your mind. You're going to think it's corny, and then I'm going to change your mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, that's, that's how it's going to work. I love it. And, I mean, at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to point at my music and the next man's music and show me why he's dope and I'm corny. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My music is going to be more, more more often than not. You know what I'm saying? The word play, like, it's still an art form. So it's like, okay, if his art form, if he's not doper with the word play and this and, and catchier hooks and it, so what's corny about it? Is it the, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you have to have to admit something to yourself that you don't want to admit to yourself. Mm-hmm. Because chances are, you feel like you believe in God, but you front on music that glorifies Him. Do you feel yourself that 
you know, whoever, the, what the general consensus may be of the top five currently out there today, that bar for bar, I didn't say pound for pound, bar for bar, that you're, you're on the same part with them, if not better? I feel like, see, now you're going to get me, you're going <laughs> to take my joint and feel like I'll, I'll make me sound all prideful, but it's just, it is what it is. I honestly, in my heart, feel like I'm one of the greatest to ever do it. Now, I don't carry myself like that. I know that I, I already said in my bars, like, yo, I can get catch a, a, a permanent case of writer's block tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I can fall off. But I just, that's just, that's just how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I don't have a, lot, a lack of confidence in the music, but I feel like a, if you separate God from it, I'm nobody, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. but I do believe that the gift that God gave me can compete with anything anybody's doing. Absolutely, I I love it. I love it. Yeah, man. So so with that, and and you alluded to it. Whenever I put somebody up on your music, for those that that do listen, um, <laughs> like you said, it's always an eye opener, a, a mind opener, and people are usually very impressed and they normally become a fan as well but the other night i let my homeboy listen and you know so i wanted to, I, I told him i had an interview with you and i you know what i'm saying and I, I was like yo you need to listen to him whatever and you know he listened i sent him four or five songs and he wasn't really feeling it he he said that he felt he was getting the same message over and over on every song and you know what I'm saying that that wasn't I guess that creative or whatever in depth because you're giving the same message. Have you heard that before? And what would you say to people that say that? One, I would say, who do you listen to? Because is hearing the same thing over and over again only bad when it's a righteous message? Like when you listening to somebody else and they talking about getting money, getting money, getting money and moving dope, moving dope, moving dope. You not like, yo, but you know, all he rap about is moving dope. You listen to move dope, move music for the whole record. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people who rap about drugs and violence, their whole careers. Um, so I would ask like, okay, so who you listen to that don't, first of all, since that's what you're acting like, that's your criteria. Right? I'll go ahead and tell you real quick. Sorry to cut y'all. He, he's a cold, J. Cole, that, you know what I'm saying? That That's his guy, if that helps at all. Okay, J. Cole is one dude I would say, I don't think he... Uh, I, don't, I don't know. From, from Project to I think he got some dope concepts. Um, but there are records you talk about the same stuff on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, it will really depend on, as far as the guy you sent the records to, it depends on what records you sent them. If you're sending a re- uh, records with a certain, because you know who you're talking to, and you send him a certain types of records because you feel like they're going to resonate, you're probably sending him the same type of records because you feel like you're sending them to the same type of person. But there's no way a dude could be like, oh yeah, Dear Hip Hop is... Is about the same thing as Mr. Range Rover. Mr. Range Rover is about uh, the same thing as as my confession. It's not. It has nothing to do with pornography. And my and and from the outside, it has nothing to do with that. 
and uh, work it out uh, about, about you know, struggles in the marriage and, and make her the missus. And, like, I can name so many records that have absolutely nothing to do with each other. So it really, you know what I'm saying? And that's why I, before I even defended that, I wanted to uh, make sure that I was like, okay, you got to make sure that you're using that standard for the people you listen to before I even feel like I got to defend myself. But, um, yeah, like, I don't even, I, I, I don't think that now, maybe on, on different projects, I might hit the same issues. But it's like, yo, are you tired of hearing about Black Lives Matter? <laughs> so should I stop rapping like Black Lives Matter? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Are people still out here killing? They still selling dope? So I said it once. Now that my fan base is bigger, should I not say it again in a different way? So that's some of the, that's some of the things where, as an artist, because you do want to be creative and be like, yo, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rap about this, rap about that. But you know what? It's like if a pastor preaches a sermon, if a pastor, pastor preaches a sermon on grace, do you feel like you should never preach another sermon on grace? No. Nah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So you mean to tell me that because what happens is that lends itself to pride. That's what it does. It'll make you st- steer away from what God wants you to say because you feel like people are going to say that you are about the same thing. I've had to struggle with that with, you know, I'll do I'll do shows and I'll preach at shows. And, you know, tonight I might uh, spit a certain message at the end. The next night, I'll because I said it the night before, I don't want to say it again because I feel like it comes off as ingenuine. But what about the people at tonight's show that need to hear what I told the people yesterday? Mm. Now it's my pride because I don't want to look like I couldn't come with nothing new that I'm not giving you the message I gave them. I switched the message. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, like, hey. No, I was just going to say, I probably, I'll take part of the blame for that because the songs that I sent him were kind of around the same topic because, you know, we had countless conversations and that's something that I knew that he was really into. Like what you were talking about on Unjust Scales and Unjust Scales 2, I sent him Chirac. Uh, the Lauren uh, what's not for sale, and you know, and I think he said you know was his his favorite. Um, but he said he felt like all the songs that I sent him, he was getting the same message. And you know, what I'm saying I'm, part, I'm probably part to blame for that because I did send those songs. So yeah, like those are those are like pro- songs off of different projects that we're about that kind of we're about to say. Like two of them had the same title. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Unjust Scales 1, Unjust Scales 2. Like, so, I mean, but either way, it's like, if I do, if I do have to spit the same message, then as a creative, I got to find out a, a new way to say this to still let it, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To where the, new, the, the people who've been rocking don't feel like is getting old, but the new people who just started listening last week get to hear what the others already know. Understandable, completely. I mean, like I said that on the joint I call I dropped called Clear My Mind, 
it's like you want it fresh, but nonetheless, I can't finesse my story. Sometimes I, I sometimes I spit the same wisdom just in different bars, take you to the same destination in two different cars. Mm. Like that's what, that's what my job is. That's what my job is. It's not for me to get prideful and say, like Jeremiah couldn't get prideful and say, God, I've been spitting the same message for all these years. You told me to say, I'm going to change it up. You know what I'm saying? Like he couldn't, he couldn't do that. Like Moses couldn't go to Pharaoh and switch up what God told him to say. So if God put something on my heart, I'm going to address it. And then ask someone he gave creativity to, then it's on me to figure out uh, a new, relevant, dope way to, to, to get that same message across. Absolutely. And I just heard that clear my mind. I don't know how. I just heard it for the first time, like, the other day. And I was like, I don't know how I missed that. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I'm tripping. But speaking of getting your message across, speaking of just spitting bars and being creative, you know what I'm saying? We're finally here. Tonight is the night, midnight, May 11th. You drop, you're dropping the album, Light Work. And I'm excited, you know what I'm saying, from being a, a, a long-time fan, a long-time listener. I'm excited. What I am a little confused about, and not confused in a bad way, is the title. Tell us what that title means, Light Work, and tell us what we can expect with this album. So I put, I called it light work for a couple of reasons, right? We know that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And so we out here, you know, doing our work for him. So, you know, it's light work. Mm-hmm. Um, also, though, like, I didn't go real bar heavy, real deep, not the whole project. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got, I got a few, like, Fun record, like I got the Warriors record on there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. We <laughs> got a joint called Lit Lit. That is, I really made it to be able to penetrate the club, so I didn't go super deep, super spiritual. I went, I went in on the last verse and bust on the side of the head one time. You know what I'm saying? But I went light. Mm-hmm. You know how like if you know somebody's sensitive, so you go light on them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, so light work in that essence as well. Um, I tried to, I tried to have a better balance of milk and meat on this project. Mm, okay. So you're going to give us that, that bounce with this album? Yeah, it's a, you know, it was a couple, it's a couple bounce joints. It's a, I got one super deep theological one on there. I got, you know what I'm saying? One that you're going to be able to listen to when you feel like you're going through depression. Like, it's just, it's still, it's still truth music. It's still me writing from the place I'm in. But, being able to have a little more fun on a couple records and not feel like, yo, if I do this on a record, my fans are not going to like it. It's just like, yo, well, shoot, this is what I want to do. Mm. That's what it is. That's what it is. Any any features on the album? Yeah, I got uh, K. Alico, of course. Dayton's on the album. Seven's on the album. Um, 
Joey Vontes, uh, formerly known as Joey Jewish, he's on the project. My dude Jay Carter, uh, Nina Sims. I got I got a few features on there. Help me help me get the point across. I had my 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 kids even make a little lightweight appearance. <laughs> oh wow! I look forward to that, man. I look forward to that. Um. I've only heard two. You've only released two singles so far, right? To make sure I'm not in the dark. Yeah. Okay. I heard the Warriors joint. I was gonna drop another video, but I'm like, it don't got eight songs, so I need to. Man, it's my video dude calling me right now. Supposed to be this video tonight. Oh, where? But um, but um, since it's only eight songs, I don't want to like give y'all half the album. Half the project is single, so I was like, "Yo, I, this is the first time I just dropped one video and then went and went straight to the release." Yeah, um, I, I heard the joint with Seven. Uh, uh, Kyle, what was the name of that one? Uh, Way up, way up. That's right, that's right. That joint was crazy, but that Warriors joint. Come on, man. Come on, like you tell you got to talk to us, man. Tell us about you know. I, look, how did you meet Steph? Like, let's just go ahead and get it out of the way. How did you meet Steph? How did you know he was a fan of your music? And most importantly, how did you get Chef Curry in the video, man? Come on, man. Talk to us. <laughs> so, um, you already know, like, Steph Curry is a homie. So, I, um, I, I told him I was going to do, I told him I was going to do the, uh, the Warriors record a while ago. And I actually wrote it last year, but then I procrastinated the season ended. <laughs> so I um I held on to it and then I just recorded it uh a few months ago and I let him hear it and I was like, Yo, if I can catch you, you know, I looked at the schedule, I'm like, but <laughs> you know, I'm saying you know, you got two home games a day a day or so apart. I know you're gonna be home on that day in the middle. You gotta cut if I if I fly down there, man. You gotta jump in the video. He was like, "Yo, I got you." So we went down there, and um, but yo, his schedule's so crazy. Like I ain't believe it was gonna be official till it was finished. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, yo, like man, please don't let him get called nowhere. Some, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh. He he came through. He came through. Uh, pulled up on this man. We shot the video. It was dope. You know, he told. He said it was his, his first time ever doing a music video. So, you know, I know it was exciting for him as well. And um, man, that was it. That hey, that's a solid dude, man. And that that was a <laughs> that was a solid him showing up for the video, man. That that's that's crazy. I saw it. I got hyped. I ain't gonna lie. Um. Yeah, that that's a good look, man. You know, I know you know you're busy, man. I want to go ahead and let you get out of here. I I just had a couple more questions for you, man. Like, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, you CEO of God Over Money, G O M, and you know, you have artists. What what's next for G O M, man? Do you ever do you think do you see do you have a vision of you know branching out and maybe I don't know because uh, I know what's the boxer Andre Ward. I saw one time he came out to your music. Like, do you see yourself branching out into like GOM Sports or GOM Media or so? I I don't know. Like, do do you have a vision like that, or are you just waiting to hear from God on all that? No, I mean, 
I don't feel like we big enough in music yet to start doing that. Like we gotta we gotta master something before and, and let and let whatever we fully lock down fund the rest of the stuff. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I don't I don't, really, don't want to start focusing on too many things before I got one fully established the way I wanted to and, and get it to where I know it can be. So um you know, maybe down the line, but right now, focusing on music, um, music and apparel. That's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, quick selfish question. Uh, BT Cypher, is that ever going to happen? Man, I've tried to make it happen a couple times, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think they want these problems. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I don't know. I don't know if it happened, it happened. Okay, okay, definitely. Um, and uh, you know, what I'm saying, I guess my last question, man, is th- this show is all about destroying doubt, man. And your testimony, your story is absolutely amazing. And you decided to give up this world that you were involved in and switch all the way over and do it for God. And you know, say so end up leaving your job, and you know, all these little situations that someone from the outside looking in could, could view it as very scary. And I'm pretty sure there were some instances of, of doubt throughout that journey. So I just wanted to ask you, we talk about on this show a lot, how to destroy doubt from like a physical standpoint, a mental standpoint, emotionally, all that good stuff. Spiritually, tell us, like, how can we destroy doubt? And what does God say about self-doubt? Um, you said about self-doubt? Yeah, like self doubt, like doubting yourself on, on what it is, well, on your purpose. Um, I mean, I don't think, I don't think that self doubt. If you believe it's your purpose, I believe that's doubting God. Um, mm. and that, and that's how you, I think that's how you have to see it. Mm. If if you believe that God is for you, that God has ordained you and anointed you for something. Then to doubt that to 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 doubt uh to to move forward and let doubt stop you or hinder you it it transfers now you're not just doubting yourself you're doubting what God is able to do as if you're able to stop God your flaws are able to stop God from doing what He said you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so it's like His word is His word. If you doubt it, like if you doubt his word, so if he tells you something, you doubt that, then essentially what you're doubting is God. So that helps me to be like, okay, I'm not going to doubt God. I'm going to, you know, I'm not, I didn't think God could do this with me. Like, I didn't think, I didn't see it happening. Um, I'm not a talker. I'm not I'm not even social like that. Like I'm quiet, I'm an introvert. I don't really talk to people I don't know. You put me in a room full of people, I'm gonna end up in the corner by myself, <laughs> chilling, not saying nothing. So I wouldn't like self doubt to me is fine. Like I doubt myself apart from God. Like I doubt that's why I know it's him. Because I doubt that I could do this had it not been for him. 
This not even this don't match my personality. This don't I tried way harder on the secular side than I have on this side. You know what I'm saying? This side has happened in a way that proves it is him. So it's like, man, if if you believe that you're pursuing what what God wants you to do, it's only see the two things. One, you're wrong. And that's not the where God wants you to go. Or two, if you're right, then to doubt that is to doubt God. So you got to break it down that way and see which one of it, which one of them it is. I love it. I love it, man. I, I love it. That was that was deep. Um, thank you so much, man, for for joining me on the show today, man. For for calling in. And you know what I'm saying, drop telling your story, sharing your testimony, and dropping gems on us, man. Thank you so much for that. Um, I I do something I do on this show that I've been doing forever is I do a motivational song of the week, right? Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to do since I got you on the show, we can switch it up a little bit. <laughs> so you know, for the motivational song of the week, I would ask you, and of course you can decline, you know what I'm saying, but I, I would ask. I'm still going to decline, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, you, no, I know you're not about to ask me to rap. Uh, well, yeah, that was going to be one of the options. That was going to be one of the options. <laughs> uh, you know, some bars, some bars off the new album dropping tonight, or, you know what I'm saying, you could premiere a song on the show from the album dropping tonight. Or you could just give me a, a, a song that I should play of yours that you like, okay, your listeners need to hear this. This is a song of mine that I feel like, you know what I'm saying, this is it. They should listen to it. Um, See, I, I would have had to, the way my memory set up, <laughs> I would have to know beforehand if I'm going to spit bars and then practice some joints all day. <laughs> <laughs> Especially off the new project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Man, you can play that way up. Way up? Yeah. Way up over Warriors? Yeah. Okay. Way up over Warriors. All right. That's if what. It, if it was a video, maybe Warriors, but way up as a record. That joint already got half the views Warriors got. Hey, I'm a, yo, you said something on that uh, way up joint that I feel every day. And like when you said it, it was like, Oh my God. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to mess it up, but you can say it. I'm going to throw the lob and you could dunk it. But you were talking about, um, uh, you, you were talking about being afraid. And you said, you know what I'm saying? I'm afraid too, but not oh, that, yeah. that, you know what I'm saying? You were going to smoke me, that I'm going to smoke you. Like, can you, can, you, can you recite that the right way so people know what you're talking about? Slick. 
That's what it is, man. Look, I'm going to get that on, man. Thank you again so very much for joining me on the show today. Let the people know where they can connect with you, man. For sure, for sure. Hit my IG, at Bizzle, B-I-Z-Z-L-E. Whatever else you want, if you look up Bizzle, you should find me. There it is. There it is. All right, y'all. Bizzle, Jay Sutton, the Strong Doubt Podcast. We out. I'm going to hit that way up for you. Peace. All right, great. God bless. up and you could do the dishes homie i ain't never change up been the same since day one when i came in the game ripping jay the renegade still the same ain't bugs then i win the game same love they play dumb and ain't say much you tell me who the gangster yeah daddy let me lose they gotta move this should put the burner baby i got the juice they hating on my team cause we the truth won't he do Try to hold me down, but you know me now. Look at God, I done came up. Yeah. They were looking for the sauce, I was cooking for the boss. Now I'm A1. Yeah. Try to keep us out the game, we gon' make it so the game gotta change up. Uh. Show love to the haters, ayy. Then tell them where it came from. Uh. One time for the maker, ayy. Same team ain't trade up. Uh. Christ gang, it don't bang, ayy. I stay in my lane, ayy. Metal tuck like an umbrella, but I pray it don't rain, ayy. Promise I don't want no smoke, but they ain't really what you want to. Cause everybody got their own folk that'll make a move if you want to. The problem is you probably think I'm afraid, and in a way that's so true. But I ain't afraid you'll smoke me, dog. I'm afraid I'll smoke you. I ain't the only one with a family that I gotta make it home to. I need you to make it home too. They need you to make it home too. Cast flex for the rap check to make Black Death look so cool. We just here to make it old news, yeah. Daddy let me lose, they gotta move This should put the burner, baby, I got the juice They hating on my team, cause we the truth Won't he do it, and we the proof We gon' take them way, way, way Freemason. Ah!
We bad bones to them boots. I need lots of steak on my pasta plate. I go swag on them noodles. We go rounds for that gold crown. We don't slow down, we accelerate. So keep telling Satan I'm elevating. Even though he be hella hating, step your game up and quit belly aching. Go hard and hit the casa, bro. Yo, bubble up ain't a double up. Well, uh, you ain't no hustler. Huh. See, I'm in the game like a right guard. They could lock me up in the psych ward, and I still be screaming out, Christ Lord. Stream me up on my mic cord. Really, it would be your honor to go. Cause the way that they be joking about your work, I don't I'm dead and cold. The gospel of Yahshua is still the greatest story Daddy, ever told. Daddy, let me loose. They gotta move. Bishop with the burner, baby. I got the juice. They hating on my team. Cause we the truth. Won't need